1: And welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast
0: where we do we things. Re- we review television series that lasted one season or less. We have too do any podcasts. I almost <laughs> what, did the
1: critically acclaimed intro. <laughs> what
0: What? What podcast is this? this is, <laughs> who am, am, I who am I here? Yeah,
1: there you go. Good stepfather reference. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, this is the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a film critic for the internet, and everybody calls me Bibbs.
0: My name is Whitney Seibold. I am a film critic for you. Huh? Ooh. And I don't have a nickname, I'm just the other guy.
1: You're, you're nice, and I like you, and <laughs> thank you for being my
0: friend. And you're thank quite you, welcome. And
1: thank you for joining me on mm. this incredible journey we've been having all throughout March, where we've been reviewing a nothing but failed television series about human cops with robot partners.
0: And this last one was a doozy, folks, because as you may notice, this uh, episode is running quite a bit late, quite, yeah. a, quite a few days late.
1: Yeah, we usually try to put every episode out on a Wednesday or a Thursday, it's Saturday. It's, We're yeah, it's, sorry. It's Saturday
0: afternoon as we record this, and because it'll go up as soon as we can long. go. This was twenty-two one-hour episodes yeah. of a Showtime series that ran throughout the length of 1999. Yep. Although, from the feel of it, it could have started in 1999 and ended in the present day. <laughs> <laughs> to give you a little hint of how I feel about this show,
1: let's let's uh, let's just delve right in and let's let's enjoy this very odd. Very languid uh, TV promo I found
0: <laughs> where they give you information they, uh, very slowly. They
1: give you a little information very slowly. I want to set this yeah. the, up because, this... like, the thing you're about to see is this guy who looks like the protagonist of Blade Runner kind of running around like a futuristic cityscape, but it's like Sega CD level visual effects in the background. <laughs> like, everything is super fake.
0: There's a lot of green CGI plumes. Pouring out of buildings. So he's running around. There's a
1: whole bunch of talking billboards, like in Blade Runner, and then he finds someone, and maybe it's a thingy, or maybe it's not. You don't know. It's a mystery. But they're trying to really just build a sense of atmosphere and build a sense of suspense. But when you're listening to this, this little promo we got for you, you're going to say,
0: and, <laughs> and go uh, on, and that feel a lot. that feeling uh, ref- accurately reflects the show. But let's listen to that promo. <laughs> let's listen
1: to a little promo for Total Recall twenty seventy. In the year twenty seventy, come to recall and. To-
0: Recall Corporation can manufacture your happiness
1: if you're willing to pay the price. Go to Mars. Go to Mars. The Recall Corporation. Manufacturing
0: your happiness since 2010.
1: Is it real, or is it Recall?
0: Total Recall 2070, a new Showtime Original Series.
1: Total Recall uh, g- 2070. G- g- go go on. <laughs> Thank you? Thank you. What, what are we? What do we... Okay, so Total Recall 2070. It aired in 1999 uh, from January 5th through June 8th. It premiered on the On TV channel in Canada and on Showtime in the United States. And
0: in the pilot episode, there's... Uh, throughout the series, there's a little bit of cussing, which uh. they kind of... T- you do less and less as the show goes on.
1: Yeah, but the pilot episode is like
0: sex. There's actually like sex and nudity in the first episode, which they don't do after the pilot. Uh, there's
1: one episode like towards the end, which is an episode about like they're like I sci- like their medic, their their CSI oh, yeah. person. There's there's a little there's, tiny there's bit there's of nudity an, uh, once in a while, but yeah, yeah it's, there's,
0: there's a, like a, a little bit of like pans over naked thighs and torsos. But there's like bare breasts in the first episode. What you got to remember is that um you know
1: pay cable shows like this. Uh, They bragged about it. Well, they bragged about having, you know, violence, nudity, cussing, all that kind of stuff. That was part of the appeal. And for shows like, for example, Tales from the Crypt, that kind of lurid atmosphere was a large part of the appeal.
0: Ooh, we're going to see some gore. It's really titillating. We get to, like, intestines spilling and topless vampires and yeah, yeah.
1: But a lot of these shows also, like, the anticipation was before we had DVD and instant streaming services... How do we make money off of these shows in their second run? Well, we cut out all those little bits and we and we uh, we syndicate uh, it. We syndicate them on basic cable mostly or occasionally. Um, So like they're like there's like TV edits of everything from like Sex in the City to Tales from the Crypt. Like I've seen like
0: Walking Dead has been syndicated. You can see that on network TV. But
1: that's but that's. You couldn't get away
0: with what Walking Dead does now. That's true. Like on back at the back in the day. Like Yeah, they they really shaved I've saw the network broadcast of Tales from the Crypt and they shaved a heck of a lot out of that yeah.
1: show. Standards were different and then they get more relaxed over time. Like mm. as we've discovered a lot on this program. Uh so Total Recall twenty seventy, uh you might recognize the title. Uh the title is the same as the movie Total Recall, but with a twenty seventy on it.
0: <laughs> it and it has... it's Similarities to the movie are very, very trim at best. Well,
1: Uh, the Recall Corporation is part of it, and it uses a lot of episodes that deal with recall technology. If you remember the movie Total Recall, the big premise of the movie was it's in the future. There's a colony on Mars. They keep that element here, too, although we don't visit very often. And there is a technology that allows people to implant memories into your head. And one of the things Total Recall 2070 comes back to every few episodes or so. It's not the premise of the program, but every Mm -hmm. few episodes, memory implantation technology is part of their sort of crime-solving package. Someone's had a memory of a crime erased, or Mm -hmm. they've had memories implanted in their head that make them... Forget they ever had yeah, a kid or now they're a murderer. I think yeah, I
0: think there are two episodes about sort of post hypnotic suggestion where yeah. it these false memories are planted in their head while they're away from the machine and all of a sudden they are programmed to kill somebody or to hallucinate that would cause them to commit murder. There's also in this world, um, what are they called? Inducers? Inductors? Transducers, Sublimators? Sublimators. Yeah. They're, they're like, Sync lock into Rossiters.
1: Yeah. Uh, you go into like this sort of cabinet in your house. It's mm-hmm. like your Gasmatron from Sleeper. Mm-hmm. And you're allowed to, and you can like relive your memories. Yeah. In like a very tangible, visceral way. Which is it's, a cool idea for technology. It's
0: like watching home movies, but you're there again. Yeah. Which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. But, what but, I, they're, but they're seen as like expensive and very indulgent, yeah. like high-end technology. Uh,
1: Total Recall 2070 is, when we talk about science fiction, fiction there are different levels of science fiction mm. a lot of people describe something like star wars as sci fantasy where because it's tech, not tech, the, tech based the, the, the tech technology tech is is incidental fu- the technology is futuristic but a lot of people consider true or quote-unquote hard science fiction mm. as stories that Imagine a new technology and then take the existence of that technology to a logical conclusion and tell a story that could only exist because this technology was invented. Philip K. Dick wrote a lot of amazing stories about that, um, one of which was We Can Remember It For You Wholesale, upon which Total Recall was based. Another one was Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which was about uh, androids who started thinking and feeling like humans, but they had to uh, uh, contend with their own programming, which had certain controlled obsolescence. Mm -hmm. They were going to die after a certain number of years. Total Recall 2070 combines those two concepts and creates kind of a world in which almost every Philip K. Dick sci-fi story maybe not literally exists in that the characters are there, but the technology all exists. And I think the idea of that of this incredibly the, the, rich dystopian future, and we follow some cops in a world where memory erasure, memory implants, but android, all,
0: also androids, yeah,
1: all of these things are real. There's so much to uncover here, and I think if you made Total Recall 2070 today with that exact premise, and hell, even the same title, it would be like, "Ooh, we got to see this show!" But in 1999, this flew under the radar. Nobody talked about it. I watched a little bit of this when it was first on. No one cared.
0: Showtime was uh, not yet known in 1999 for like its big sort of hit original programming. In fact, a lot of cable TV was still struggling to find. Pop purchase, and I think that didn't really happen until shows like Six Feet Under and The Sopranos really kind of kicked the floodgates open.
1: HBO had some original programming, and some of it was quite acclaimed, Mm. like uh, uh, Like Tales from the Crypt, Like Tales from the Crypt, Mm. uh, like Oz, which was a great show. Mm. Um, But yeah, it was not a lot of people had HBO, or at Mm. least not enough to like make it like a huge pop culture sensation. And it wasn't until
0: they started making really high profile shows. But even, the, but even this, in
1: 1999, Showtime
0: was way behind HBO. Yeah, and this, so th- this was uh, still a cable network who. Although this ha- show had a decent budget, it clearly wasn't as big as it needed to be to tell mm. the stories they wanted to tell. It's mostly like really cheap sets and small rooms.
1: There's a lot uh, of bottle episodes. A
0: lot of bottle episodes. A lot of really horrible phaser effects. Like they yeah. they're, they're, all phaser effects looked horrible until very recently.
1: Rewatch Star too. Trek: Next Generation. The phaser effects look pretty. Yeah. Look pretty silly.
0: My favorite thing about the Star Trek: The Next Generation phaser effects was they never pointed the phaser directly at their target. <laughs> like if you look at the way Jonathan. <laughs> and Frakes held the phaser? Like, he held it above his head and the laser would point down. It's like, what? What? why are you doing it that, that is, way? That is workplace safety. He has a phaser. You don't just <laughs> aim that at someone. Well, it would be nice if you point it right at your target rather than pointing it no, no. above your target. It's got head. a crooked sight, and, and they haven't
1: fixed it yet because everyone's busy. They're always like, worrying about dilithium like crystals.
0: Like, he knows the angle of the emitter, so he knows to hold it above yeah. his target's What? Okay.
1: It, he's got it the way he likes it. It's like they have... invert the y-axis on their video games. Damn it, that's the way I learned to play. I'm going to keep playing Overwatch <laughs> with my inverted Y-axis. Am I crazy? Am I the only one? Let us know. Tweet us at CancelCast. Does anyone else still invert their Y-axis? Uh, the, the,
0: this show makes me just invert my Y-axis. Oh, boo. I'm sorry. All right, uh, so... The, the premise of the show. So it takes place in this yeah. Philip K. Dick universe uh, where there are androids and also memory erase technology. Either one of those would have been fine. Putting them together makes it a bit of a mishmash. But this is now about uh, Cops. And the main character is named David Hume explain why you're sighing. David Hume is a Scottish philosopher who founded the uh, school of thought known as empiricism or at least perfected it. He's well known for giving arguments about the strength of fiction, uh, how there was no free will, and against uh, modern organized religion. Every uh, argument against modern organized religion comes directly out of David Hume. So
1: already Total Recall 2070 feels like fan fiction.
0: It feels like fan fiction and it feels really, really pretentious that the character of David Hume is meant to be this sort of kind of Philip Marlowe ish, uh, noir, like really seedy, noir hero, doesn't help. Yeah. He's a really seedy noir hero with no character at all. They And he's played by okay. an actor who is really trying his best Keanu Reeves impersonation and failing, which is a terrible place to start.
1: Uh, he's played by an actor named Michael Easton, who uh. was on One Life to Live for years. And we're going to run into him again when we eventually cover another sci-fi series, VR5. Oh,
0: no. Oh, you're looking okay, forward I'm, to VR5. I'm, I'm looking forward to VR5. Okay. And, and <laughs> as far as I know, he's a great actor outside of this. Well, but here he's... Making really the wrong choice. We're
1: going to talk about this. One of the biggest flaws of Total Recall twenty seventy is the choice of tone yeah. that they picked throughout They're, the entire so series. But it, anyway, it's, moving it's on with ta- the plot,
0: taking a lot of beats from Blade Runner. Moving on with the plot, he is assigned a new partner who's just named Far Ian Farve.
1: Yeah, just some dude. Some dude. His partner, his original partner, is killed in the pilot episode mm. by uh, rogue androids who are not supposed to be able to kill anybody, and sort of an Isaac Asimov kind You've, of programming. You
0: route. know the first rule of, role of robot. Exactly. Uh,
1: but they kill him anyway. Uh, and he's his partner, which is. I was actually surprised when I watched the pilot, because his partner is played by an actor who's more famous than Michael Easton. Uh-huh. So I thought he was going to be the star. He's played by Thomas Kretschmann, uh, who is a very recognizable character actor. You've seen him in things like King Kong or Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, mm. he, he's... He's, he's around. Ryan. He's a good yeah. actor, and you can imagine the show with him as the lead very, very easily. So it's kind of funny that before he was famous, he was the guy who got killed in the first in the first episode. So he's, but he gets a new partner, and in true cop with robot partner show fashion, he he isn't told his partner is a robot, yeah. and he doesn't find out until like there's a big action sequence, and he's going to get electrocuted, and his partner who's been acting
0: weird. Uh, grabs a couple of electrical cables and almost melts his hands off. Yeah, like the skin melts off his hands. But yeah. now th- these aren't like robotic metallic androids. They're more like g- greasy, liquidy androids, like an alien.
1: Yeah, when they when they slice open an android, there's a good bit in the in the pilot. Where uh, you know they're looking at a, a quote unquote dead android, and they have to
0: peel back its skin,
1: and Ian farv actually like looks at it because I I have to go. He's like, just an android. You know what? It's real enough for me, <laughs> <laughs> which is a fun little yeah. bit. But when they peel it off, yeah, it's got this like mayonnaise goop,
0: yeah, underneath it's, it's, it. It's really it, gross. It's it's really all it's all lubed up on the inside with all this really gross looking greasy and and. Uh, it turns out Farv, yeah, is an android. Uh, he's got some machinery underneath, and it's like, you're an android. And not only is he an android, but he is an alpha android. Yeah, a, a top of the line new model. New android. model. And he is so advanced that they don't really know what he's capable of. He doesn't know what he's capable of. And nobody knows. Who built him, or how he got on or the force. Yeah, or how he got a, late a in the role.
1: season? We find out that
0: everyone's no, just—he like, just... He just
1: showed up, and like we don't know how he got his credentials, but we wanted to keep an eye on him. And I'm just like, that's a
0: stupid plan. Uh, that's all <laughs> you know. That's a really he's, dangerous thing for a police department he be to do. A saboteur? Now, how
1: the fuck do you know? It's so to crazy. be fair,
0: he's not a cop. They don't ever use the word police in this show. Yeah. He works for the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Sorry. <laughs> It's called the CPB, uh, which in my mind is the Corporation for Public, yeah. Public Broadcasting. It's actually the Citizens Protection Bureau. Yeah. And it's unclear as to if they – I guess they say bureau, so I guess they work for the government? I think it's this government organization, but one of the one of the
1: premises of Total Recall 2070 is that in the future, there is a consortium of huge corporations, two of which are in it a lot, one of which is Recall, which has mm-hmm. memory implants. Another one is the fabulously titled Uber Braun, <laughs> <laughs> That's That chuckle is exactly what you're supposed to respond to that. And they make all the androids. But there is a, one thing they talk about a lot is in the future, they are allowed to have their own private police force. And occasionally they have to work together and at odds with one another because the corporations are so powerful, they have a legal right to protect their own now, interests in almost
0: any way. A privatized police force is an idea taken from RoboCop, as are Robot Cops. Um, now, that-
1: As we've proven here, Robot Cops precede RoboCop.
0: This is true. But uh I'm wondering if the makers of Total Recall 2070 looked at Total Recall a film directed by Paul Verhoeven and thought whatever other Philip K Dick stories do we have get that RoboCop story That's not a Philip K Dick story it's just another Paul Verhoeven movie <laughs> but and that's but here's the thing and this is the thing I kind
1: of like about it this is sort of a mashup a futuristic world in which all the sci-fi stories that ca- came out of that sort of cyberpunk era coexist in the same mm. timeline and most episodes involve uh, here's a technology we hadn't discovered before, or here's a dystopian law we haven't really focused on before, and we're going to tell a story about that. So it makes sense. I can also picture just looking at Blade Runner, mm-hmm. which obviously this owes a lot to. The production yeah. design owes a lot to Blade Runner. Well, this yeah. is just Blade Runner.
0: <laughs> I think most uh, cities city-set science fiction stories that came after Blade Runner are just Blade Runner. Again. A lot of them are. Uh, but... You have a protagonist
1: in Blade Runner who is essentially a cop. He's like a special unit, but, Mm. you know, he's responsible for bringing androids to justice. And he's a guy who, in Blade Runner, has an issue with androids. He doesn't like them very Mm. much. He's he's very soulless at the beginning of that movie. And over time, he comes to appreciate that androids do, in fact, dream of electric sheep. Mm. But... What we have here, and this is something that they talk about a lot in Total Regal 2070, and they never sell it, and it pisses me off. Outside of the pilot, they forget about this. David Hume lives in a world where robots are everywhere. Mostly they're like kind of lo-fi robots who just sort of come in and say, would you like some coffee? Yeah, they're they're, they're servants and working class staffs. But he doesn't like them. Mm-hmm. And so the idea was teaming him up with a robot partner would force him to challenge his kind of new form of racism with this new kind of species of entity that has mm-hmm. only just been introduced into the world. After the pilot episode, he stops giving a shit. So that whole point, <laughs> which he begins, which they say at the, la- at the end of the season was oh. the whole point of the show, is like kind of apart doesn't it because we, we mentioned, really because really like most cop buddy cop movies are about people who don't like each other coming to like each other and that's why they're mm-hmm. often used to deal with social
0: issues like uh, racism and, uh, or, well, or we, sexism we or xenophobia and, we mentioned w- back when we did future cop that you know it's, it's usually an older crotchety white male who's mm-hmm. paired up with the robot in these shows uh He's not older in the show, but he is you know a crotchety white male who hates robots. Yeah, uh, and it's all a, a kind of a, a cultural comment on the white man's inability to deal with a world of changing diversity. Which, uh, sadly, it seems like it will never not be relevant. <laughs> like it's always, always, it's always a about thing. It's always about the white man, and always
1: about the white man who just mm. can't fucking figure it out.
0: Like just you. Be Grow great. up! It'd be great. It's like a young black woman. you got a robot partner. Great! Problem solved! I don't care. He seems nice. Like that would be that'd be refreshing, actually.
1: Yeah, I really yeah. like that. Um, we. I want to backtrack a little bit, because one of the weird things about Total Recall 2070 is that it's called Total Recall 2070. It's obviously inspired heavily by Philip K. Dick. Philip K. Dick is not credited. I don't know how they got away with that <laughs> even in the movie Not, i frankenstein they mentioned mary wollstonecraft shelley in the thank yous at yeah, the end like they just never of, bring it inspired up inspired by instead it is quote-unquote created oh executive produce came up with the concept i'm giving credit for that but created oh, mm, by, i'm wiggling my hand in a sort of meh kind of way but it was created by art uh, Montarestelli. Montarestelli. I want to make sure I wrote that down All correctly. Right. Um, he has worked on uh, a couple of hit movies. He wrote uh, the, re- or, not the the re- screen, but the fourth Rambo film. He wrote the fourth which, Rambo movie, which is a good Rambo movie. He that's, wrote that's, The Hunted with Benicio Del Toro. Uh, that's, and, a, that's a pretty good flick. That's, I well, remember liking it well, fine. William Friedkin. Uh, And he's worked on a lot of Cancel Too Soon shows we're going to deal with eventually, including Going to Extremes. That's the one
0: about the doctors who, like work... who are learning their medicine in, like, a tropical island. Yeah. That's
1: <laughs> sexy. Uh, but also the TV series of Time Cop and one of the shows that we really want to get to at some point. It's on a, one near the top of our list. Uh, Nowhere Man. Mm-hmm. Which is a really, really great sci-fi I think show. I at least a, I remember it being great. A couple right?
0: episodes of, of Nowhere Man.
1: Yeah, so... Th- that's uh, that's his deal. Uh, Ian Favre, uh, the co-lead, is played by an actor named Carl Pruner, who, really, this was his big role. This was, like, his mm. big series. This was his big starring role. He got um, to do a lot. He did yeah.
0: a lot of good acting moments. This was kind of Android. his big break,
1: because most of the rest of his career is playing small parts in, like, not great stuff. Like, he's in The Skulls 3. Or, uh, Ooh, that hit. Yeah. Uh, he was in Dick. He was in, like, a couple of high-profile projects, but mm. usually in smaller roles. This was his big... Lead role. Rounding out the rest of the cast, real fast, we have Olivia Hume, the protagonist's wife, played by Cynthia Preston. Mm -hmm. You might remember Cynthia Preston from If Looks Could Kill, and from the animated series The Legend of Zelda. She played Zelda. Did she
0: really? Isn't that fun? Oh, that's a terrible show. It was. (laughs) Excuse. Smack, 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 me, smack, princess. Oh, my God. I
1: digress. I watched it
0: every week. Why did I do
1: that? Um, but yeah, Olivia Hume, uh, she works for uh, Uber Braun. That becomes a plot point a couple of times. But sadly, this is one of the worst characters we've run across yeah. in a long time. Because she's she spends literally most of the show looking exacerbated because David Hume... Exasperated. Eh, exasperated. He always <laughs> do that. He's looking exasperated because David Hume, in the year 2070, keeps checking his beeper
0: yeah <laughs> well and so he's he's married to Olivia David and Olivia are a married couple young they're they already have like some wounds in their past and we'll mm. get to that um, but they're also still kind of into each other there's sort mm. of a lot of flirtiness that They goes love on each on other in the you can tell. Um but they're both such boring characters yeah. that it's it's like watching two stuffed chinchillas just sort of put necklace like oh they're nice to look at kind of cute they're not doing anything yeah, just, they, they have as, as much charisma as a taxidermied animal.
1: A significant portion of almost every episode is David and Olivia's relationship. And almost every time they have to talk about their relationship or they're at home alone together and they're not talking about whatever crime plot is going on right mm. now, which occasionally is, affects her directly, uh, they're basically just... It's like a Bergman movie. They're just sort of not looking at each other, not t- kind of talking it, cross purposes, wishing their marriage was better, and not sure how to fix it. it oh, I have to work again. Yeah, oh, you I, do? Do you? Yeah, I do.
0: It doesn't help that they live in a cave. Like their apartment is just this big, <laughs> shadowy place of angles, and you don't know where the hallways lead. It's like a this maze of
1: angst. The, and the, the art of Feng Shui is lost in oh, twenty seventy. It's and a
0: real David real Hume. Downer. Is, all of the characters, in fact, you know, in this sort of shadowy world of no corners are asked to just sort of sit still, stare off camera, like a 45 degree angle, and speak in a really intense whisper. Nobody ever has any sort of passion, even in action sequences. They all sound really bored. And And I want to slam my head against the screen. Whether they're
1: speaking passionately or whether they're speaking about the plot, that's the biggest problem with Total Recall. Mm. I think there's a lot of really great ideas in the show, and we'll talk about the episodes in a minute. But, yeah, the tone of it is just, everyone talks like this. Mm. Uber Braun just send over their security guard. Oh, really? Yes.
0: Okay. Okay. You okay. Wanna, you want to get a sandwich or something? I want to get a sandwich with you. I, I, I love to get a sandwich. Sandwiches are really great. You know what I hate more than anything? That guy. I only really want to murder him. Yeah. We talk about sandwiches and murder in the same tone of voice. I've invented a new technology that will help you sandwich murder. Like, like it's (laughs) we're we're in the future, and I have this thing in my throat. And And, (laughs) and one of and one of the worst things I I was reminded of that sketch in Kids of the Hall where um, Dave Foley has a speech impediment, where everything he says makes (laughs) him sound really sarcastic. (laughs) Yeah, like, oh, I really want to be friends with you. Oh, I just have a speech impediment. I'm so sorry. Oh, well, that's okay. Oh, are you really sorry? Well, that's really good to hear. Like <laughs> Yeah, you feel you're feeling bad yeah, actually. Feel, like, this is the, <laughs> like, but like that yeah. you can only respond to things as if you're an angsty uh noir villain from 1941. One quality that we don't
1: talk a lot about on Cancel Too Soon, because usually it's not an issue either way. (laughs) Like We occasionally talk about how much we like or dislike a a show's theme song, Mm -hmm. but usually the incidental music doesn't come up very much, because usually it's competent. And here's the problem with Total Recall 2070. (laughs) I'm not going to say it's not competent music. Problem is that it never tells the story. Mm. It's always this sort of like, almost every scene has the same kind of low background, almost white noise kind of music, and it's vaguely depressing. It's just sort mm-hmm. of like, you, you, people are talking about you know, this horrible conspiracy, and it's like... Mm. sci-fi noise <laughs> like it's just it never spikes it never jumps into high gear it never gets super emotional it's almost the entire time it is flat and it just makes the whole world seem flat mm. and depressing which is a shame because a lot of the stuff that actually happens like on the page is really cool
0: there's uh, st- cool uh, stuff on the page it's not it's not on the page it's in the mind and uh it was a good idea and might have made a neat short story some of these episodes when they get it heavy in the mythology it just becomes really dull and yeah. when you start getting into uh the minutia of the character like uh, Olivia's true background or the fate of David Hume's father played by Anthony Zerby and yeah. From uh, license, a, to well, license to Kill. License to Kill, Star Trek Insurrection. Well, I really liked, uh, in the opening episode, the
1: android assassin who kicks off the whole storyline is played mm. by our good friend Kim Coates. Who's been in everything. Yeah, he's a great actor. He shows up in anything Canadian. And uh, <laughs> he was in Dracula the series as, like, the best character on that show. Mm. Like, there's a really great episode where he played, if you remember that... That was a fun show. <laughs> he played he played a silent horror actor who got turned into a vampire mm. and then realized that cuz thinking his career would go on forever then he realized that vampires can't be caught on camera. So yeah. it was a really fun idea for a character. I really liked him in that. Here he's he's really really great. He basically plays the Rucker Howard character who just wants more life and in the pilot episode they actually find a pretty clever way to dovetail Blade Runner and Recall because if you recall again Blade Runner was about androids who wanted to live longer, be more human. In Total Recall 2070, in the pilot, we find out that there are androids who are using recall technology to give themselves more human personalities and memories. Mm. That's pretty clever. That's clever. That's that's a neat little, you
0: know, kinda mm. kinda mixture. And then they've also kidnapped a psychic child. And and they've all, and the parents of the psychic child have had their memories erased yeah. by recall technology, and they don't know who they are anymore. But
1: in, a, but, but in exchange, they did give them a free memory vacation to the Galapagos Islands to see the turtles.
0: Mm-hmm. Tortoises. They say turtles. They say turtles. It's, torto- it's tortoises I think Galapagos. that's a Blade Runner joke. Is it?
1: Well, remember, like, you, you're walking through a desert. You see a tortoise. I don't know what that is. You ever hmm. see a turtle? Same thing. <laughs> oh, okay. I, actually, I actually think that might be a subtle joke. Fine. All right. Okay. Regardless. Um, yeah, so but there's a psychic kid, and they think maybe the psychic kid can help them extract information from these scientists who will help make them more human, and they realize that maybe android DNA isn't human DNA, and then they're shot and the episode's over. I digress. Mm. Next episode. <laughs> That's the pilot. That's a two-part pilot. It's okay. Uh, the second episode, um, mm. uh, so there's a Martian virus. There's a viral outbreak. Aww. Uh, and... What we find out is that it's a virus... I'm just going to burn through this, because a lot of these episodes are just basically, here's the premise and we're done. And
0: I I watched this last week. Like I was able to to steam through this one as quickly as I possibly could. It was so hard. Mm -hmm. But I I finished it a while back, and it's already sort of vanishing out of my memory. I I finished it literally ten
1: minutes before we recorded.
0: Recall like went into my brain is now wiping the series clean, and I'm kind of grateful for that.
1: Well, because here's... Okay, so the second episode, just to Mm. continue my thought, the idea is there's a mysterious viral outbreak, but the the gag is that's a clever idea in a vacuum. Uh, it's a virus that's deadly on Earth, but it was genetically engineered to help people survive harsh environmental conditions on Mars. It affects mm. the respiratory system. That's almost a good idea. I can see it's, you getting something out of it, but the problem is all that's that doesn't is that, seem
0: like a mystery, that just seems like a pro like a, a background premise of the show. Like you can't mm. go to and from Mars too often that's, because of that.
1: That's one of the problems is that they kind of They come up with a fun idea for an episode, and a lot of the actual just on-paper, one-line description, a lot of these sound like fun ideas for sci-fi episodes. But then they do very little to goose them up. There's not a lot of subplots. There's not a lot of melodrama. There's Mm. not that much action a lot of the time. And frequently, like, honestly, most of the time, the episode ended. I thought we had ten minutes left. It just feels yeah, like it just feels like cuts like
0: off. There's no twist. There's nothing. Like, You're I, just sort of I, done. Turns the, out that was the thing. Really, the, I had to wait forty five minutes
1: for that. There's an episode like right near the end, like the third to last episode, in which the whole thing is Olivia. I'll just tell you this episode now. Olivia yeah. witnesses a murder, but she's just been through some horrible thing that affected her memory, and she can't trust whether or not she actually saw the guy mm. she saw. And And that's an interesting story. That is an interesting story. And then it turns out uh, she did, and she says, that's the guy. And I'm like, that's it? I thought someone was going to, like, the guy's wife had been, like, knew that she was having these problems and set her up to be a patsy. So she could, like, I thought you were going to do some kind of fun film noir thing. It's just like, I saw this guy kill a guy. Had doubts about it for a night. Then I said he did it. Thanks, Total Recall 2070.
0: If you're going to do all of that, say, you you have to say, like, the only responsible thing for me to do here is say my my memory is not reliable right now in my life. I'm certain it's that guy, but you can't use that in court, and that would frustrate the police, and that would actually be an interesting wrinkle or a good and again dramatic twist at the end of that she's episode. She's invited to... And the, she does the moral thing yeah. by saying, I can't do that.
1: She's invited to the apartment by the guy's long-suffering wife who literally just says, I'm only married to him for the money. And Yeah, they're, and they're, they're so like I,
0: cheating on each other left and right. And, 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 she's,
1: and the wife is mysteriously like not there when she sees this horrible thing, and I thought the twist was going to be, and it's not a huge twist, but at least it's a twist, mm-hmm. that she, knowing that she would be an unreliable witness and that she would be able to get away with all this stuff, engineered the situation so that she could kill him but have a witness that says he did it.
0: Boom. No, just that guy. No. that guy. I mean, that, that guy did it. That seems like a stupid thing to risk to en- yeah. engineer a witness with an unreliable memory. At least but, yeah. it's a plot. <laughs> it's, I guess it's, kind of, it's a dumb thing for a, a killer to do, but yeah, all right. All right,
1: so uh, the next episode is... Uh, as as a lot of cop shows do, the episode begins with them seeing a jumper on a ledge. Yeah. And they go up to the jumper, and it's a, a very, a very conventionally beautiful woman, very sexily garbed. Mm. But she's very depressed, obviously, and uh, she jumps. But when she is brought into the med lab, uh, she is like 90 years old. Yeah. And they don't know why. And it turns out that there is a like a sex trafficking ring that gives women these drugs that make them incredibly ages um, them. Well, it, it keeps them young. But most importantly, what it does is it makes them exude pheromones. Mm. that make them irresistible to men. Uh, but the downside is is that it basically cooks their metabolism and they're they, going to they, die they,
0: sooner. Mm. Um, they burst into... There's, like, spontaneous combustion involved.
1: Again, that's a hard sci-fi concept. What if you had mm. this drug that made you, like, the ultimate sex worker, but there was a huge downside to it? Mm. There's a story there, and this is one of them. <laughs> and this is that. I want to I want to give a quick shout-out. There's one... Uh, main cast member who we didn't talk about, who lights up the show every Uh, time she's in it.
0: She's the only, yeah. uh, um, Uh, Olan Chang is the
1: the name of the character. She's played by Judith Krant, who mysteriously, because she's really talented, has only three acting credits. Really? She's one of the lead stars in this show. Mm. She was on one episode of NYPD Blue, and she was in a short film. She wrote a couple of screenplays, Okay, but that's it. I am amazed. She's the only she, one
0: that has any kind of human characteristics on this show. She's the breakout star of this. I well, love her character. Her, her, well, her role in this is a little unclear. Like, mm. every every cop show needs, like, a wisecracking pathologist. And it's a role I love. I know it's a cliche, but I always love when they haul in the dead body and they're, like, smoking cigarettes. Oh, I just finished my sandwich it's, and gonna cut open this body. Well, it's
1: perfect because it's someone who's just, who's involved in the story but is just divorced enough from the human drama mm-hmm. that they can have levity yeah. in an otherwise really dour situation. Mm-hmm. So
0: it makes sense. But uh, she's also asked to, like, come to crime scenes, and she investigates a few things, and she gets involved. There's well, an episode. That, there's one episode that's devoted to her, yeah. where she has uh, an affair with Titus Welliver from, from Bosch. Uh, and I, Lost. And Lost. Live Bill from Lost. Lost. Yeah. Uh, he's a very good British actor. And, and here he looks like just plain white man but I know he's going to go on to better things yeah but like
1: yeah she does get an episode to herself but I mm. like her character for two reasons one she's one of those characters who is an expert in everything so that they don't have to cast multiple supporting cast <laughs> she's an expert in robotics mm. in chemistry in medicine yeah, in, so she's, she's not <laughs> just the pathology Yeah,
0: she's also doing forensics and hacking she, and, and, yeah she's <laughs> also hacking into computers and also knows how androids work she's so great. she can just rebuild androids like
1: she's a super genius she's way overqualified mm. for this but one thing I really really love about her and it's a character trait that makes her very likable and gets her into trouble. They've actually like crafted a, a character who whose positive qualities are also their downfall. I think that's a really good uh, mm. uh, really good way to write a character. She has principles that frequently go beyond the call of duty like Mm. there's a there's an episode i'm trying to remember exactly what it was but like someone had done some sort of scientific experiment and it was basically playing god Mm. and she goes above and beyond because she says this isn't just a crime this offends me Mm. this is a this is an offensive thing to happen in nature and i will do anything to stop it I admire her for that. Like I really like her. But she character. actually has
0: principles. She has principles,
1: which is, and and are principles that force her into difficult mm, situations. That's which a good is
0: more character. than we can say than any for any of the other characters. Now we haven't mentioned the android much, uh, Farve because he's uh, not. Well, he, he's he's sporadically interesting. Sporadically interesting, and he does at least behave like an android. Yeah. In. Uh, In Condor, the android was just another human character. Like, there was no reason for her to be an android. She was
1: mildly interested in human behaviors she hadn't experienced yet. In Future Cop, he was, like, you know, one step removed from from Robbie the
0: Robot. Saying, beep, boop. And in in this one, he seems more like he's taking a lot of pages from uh, from Brent Spiner's playbook, frankly, where um, he's... Kind of, he's on the same note a lot, but he actually does have some rudimentary emotions. He gets a little mm-hmm. bit angry, but he doesn't know how that's supposed to affect his behavior, as we see in the next episode, where he kind of starts to fall in love.
1: Oh yeah, he meets uh, a so the next episode he meets uh, an, an underage. But uh, by underage, I mean like seventeen, 17. not like you know, yeah. crazy young. But uh, regardless, an underage, uh, a pornographic actress who is appearing in black market recall memories. Mm. People are going to black market recall memories uh, to I, uh, basically cheat on their spouses.
0: Re- recall doesn't do porn like on the open market. No, no. But, so, uh, but if you want that, you can that get it. But that technology exists, exists and people are making and,
1: it. But the technology is, uh, you know, it's faulty. It's not like up to code mm-hmm. and it's frying people's brains and it's giving making... them memories that make them act out. In the beginning, some guy kills someone because he thinks his wife is cheating on him. But in it... actuality, he was relivering. Yeah, relivering?
0: Relivering? <laughs> <laughs> he
1: was reliving. He, he was like reliving and couldn't control mm-hmm. uh, a cuckold yeah. fantasy that he had had. In fantasy, but in real life, it freaked them out and it drove them to murderous rage.
0: But the 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 android ends up looking after the star of one of these black market porn films. Oh, and and she's I, I, played by a notable actress I, whose name on, I, I forgot. It. I wrote okay. down her name, but she's really really great. Uh-huh. Um, I've seen her in a couple movies. Uh, Laura Harris, you might recall her from The Faculty. That's right. Yeah, she's really she, really talented. Okay. Um, but. Uh, He begins. She begins, like sort of flirting with him. She, I don't think she knows he's an android, but she knows. She knows he's off. He begins to realize that he's kind of having feelings or reacting in a way that makes it look like he's having feelings, and uh, it's really interesting to see that sort of. That's when the character becomes more interesting when he starts trying to behave more like a human and doesn't know how to do it. Well, one and that that seems really believable. Like he's learning how to behave in these situations, and that's what an Android show should be about, isn't it? Exploring what humanity is.
1: What we're finding in these Cops with Robot Partner shows is that there are different degrees to which they all have to do the exact same thing.
0: Mm, One thing they have to
1: do is, ultimately, a lot of these Cops with Robot Partner shows are Stranger in a Strange Land shows in which the Android has to figure out how to live in a human world. Mm. Have to, they don't understand emotions. They don't understand uh, uh, slang or, or mm. propriety or, or sarcasm
0: or, most often. Or.
1: Sarcasm is very, very common. Um, now, some shows go so far that you just get the impression that the robot shouldn't be a cop. Like <laughs> well, you're just sort of like this robot doesn't understand a damn thing and maybe it's dangerous to have it out in public. Favre understands a lot of that basic stuff like he mm. isn't confused a lot he's a little befuddled and he doesn't quite understand how human beings work mm. there's an episode later on where we find out that like as an android Favre experiences time a lot slower than everyone else but he's still fascinated because even though he can like see what human beings are doing in slow motion they always do something that surprises him anyway yeah it's it's a strange paradox like for him
0: the breakfast of champions god story yeah you have um, a breakfast of champions, right? I
1: actually haven't, but I'm aware oh, of it. Okay. okay. Um, I digress. But, uh, yeah, but he doesn't, like, have—this is actually the first episode, and this is, like, episode three or four— where he actually has a conversation, kind of like, what's it like being human in this regard? Uh-huh. And his first conversation about, I don't understand human nature. Early on, he says, I don't understand, like, gut instincts,
0: because right. I, don't, I
1: don't have, and that, that's I can understand.
0: They, something to go back to time and time again in the show, is because this misunderstanding of gut.
1: Gut instincts are, you know, they could be qualified, but basically it's just you understand a topic or behavior so well that you can just sort of, a human being can just sort of quickly process things and acknowledge this is what's probably going on. Mm. A robot would just understand all those processes and be able to figure that out so they don't have there's no mystery to <laughs> it. there's I, so that makes sense. But in like this episode, his first conversation about what I don't understand human behavior. Why would he fantasize about his wife having sex with another man? Mm.
0: And humans just like ah uh, oh, that's just some some people are into that. Some I guess. people are yeah. into
1: that. Nothing wrong with it. Just <laughs> That's the thing. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's, I,
0: I, I can't really explain it. Just some people are into that. It's,
1: it's not Ernest Borgnine explaining the concept of God to Haven. It's <laughs> – this is the Total Regal 2070 version is cuckold fantasies. Go with it. <laughs> That's not oh. a shirt we're going to do, by the way. Cuckold, <laughs> cuckold fantasies. fantasies go, go with it. It. Um, we, anyway. it would sell to a certain market. It sure would. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. The next episode – uh, and
0: an android goes rogue while buffing floors. Oh, right. Yeah, someone has someone's uh, been giving androids uh, rebel fantasies.
1: Well, it, it, it's a virus. It's a yeah. virus that messes with their programming and makes them aggressive.
0: Mm. And well, and makes them specifically kill like their masters. Kill their human masters.
1: Uh, Favre actually gets the virus, but he's advanced enough that he's aware he's going through it and is stopping himself from becoming violent. But this is the episode where he goes haywire a lot and starts mm. doing weird stuff. <laughs> and this, it really and brings weird, him to
0: life. Not weird stuff like he doesn't start pouring coffee over his head and like spitting sparks or anything. But, but he insists that I they kind go wish,
1: to karaoke, for yeah. example.
0: I kind of wish he did. But yeah. There was that weird moment where he's like, like from short circuit or something. Or, or remember, remember when, uh, when... You're talking
1: about the hang glider out the building? Because that would have been weird if you suddenly <laughs> did that. <laughs>
0: or remember when uh, TikTok from Return to Oz has like the thought key and it started to wind down and it just started saying weird crap and oh, spinning yeah. around? Yeah. That sort of thing.
1: All right. Uh, All right. Uh, let's see what we got here. The next episode oh god the bottle episode with the precog okay oh no this is so terrible this is oh, one of the worst episodes of no. anything we've ever reviewed oh, so in this episode no. so some Minority
0: N- Report is also based on a Phil K. Dick story so
1: in this episode a guy is in the police department he's like some computer technician mm. an alarm goes off because he tried to access something secret and then the whole episode mm. is just interrogating him about his mysterious <laughs> past and it's not that fucking and, mysterious and, and
0: every twist they reveal is an A. not surprise B, not interesting and see and something that could have revealed right at the beginning. There's literally no reason to have any of this be a secret. It
1: turns out he was part of a medical experiment when he was young, As and a then gen-
0: genetic super being who's yeah. trying to take down the police.
1: Right, but what happened was he every kid who survived that program was attempted to be put into foster care. They couldn't find parents, and the reason he has it out for the police station is that he
0: was never placed in the right foster well, home. He,
1: the police chief and a character we haven't mentioned yet, uh, Martin Arenthal, Martin. played by. By Michael Anthony Rollins from Blade Trinity, um, who's who's good. I like him, but like he's good, he doesn't but have he, much to work with. Well, he's
0: another character. It's like every character, everything he says is a whisper. Yeah. everything's really serious, and he's always got the shadows across his face. But we find out uh. in
1: this episode that he almost. Adopted that guy, and he assumed that the chief didn't adopt him because whole, he how whole. These... How old
0: is the chief? Because they look to be about the same age. The chief, uh, the chief looks like he's in his mid thirties, which is fine. Uh, he, he looks like he's twenty nine. He's, he's, he's a good looking mid thirties. He's a young looking fellow. But
1: so I guess they wanted to adopt this kid when he was nineteen, and then yeah, he's like, oh, you didn't adopt me because I was. Um, was a, I was, was a genetic a, was, engineering. Yeah, guy. And you didn't like that, and he's like, "Well, no, I didn't adopt you for complicated reasons, which I will explain gradually over the course of the episode, rather than solving the dilemma right now." Ah. Oh my god this fucking episode. <laughs>
0: it's like this so is, badly written. <laughs> this
1: is Here's my theory cuz it's, it's, recall-
0: it's an interesting theory. Uh, I like the bottle episodes where it is like an interrogation. Sure, But that you be fun. you need to write those so tightly yeah. and you need the revelations to be like actually significant. Yeah. For those to be at, at least interesting. You have you have in your mind you want that structure. You want that Type of episode, but you're not writing it
1: well. Uh, from, okay, for in case anyone, we, so the, have, per, have, the premise
0: have, isn't so bad. It's just that it's so badly written.
1: I don't know if we've explained bottle episode recently. So for some of our like recent listeners who may not be familiar with the term, a bottle episode is a term for a television series episode in which they kind of stay in one location, usually a set they have already built. Yeah. Uh, if you remember, there's a no good way to of, save money. It's a great way to save money. And, there's two and it's
0: re- a great way to stretch your uh, your muscles as a writer. Exactly. There's two reasons to
1: do it. One, you spend a lot of money on more complicated. Episodes, we need to not do a lot of sets this time. Mm-hmm. It's just the actors on a soundstage that we already have. Easy peasy. Great. The other thing is that it's an yeah, it's an excuse to have the characters just sit down and talk. Mm-hmm. You know, they can hash out their feelings because oftentimes shows are so full of events that people don't have an opportunity to just simply interact as characters. And a lot of the best bottle episodes do that. Mm-hmm every episode of total recall 2070 has so much dead time that they could have done it at any moment so we didn't really need a bottle episode it's a bottle episode because some episodes are expensive that's it that's mm. all it feels like and they didn't it doesn't feel like they use this as an excuse to get creative it feels like they use this as an excuse
0: to save money to
1: save money it's a really not good episode mm. it's a damn shame all right so the next episode is this the anthony zerby are we up to that yet uh, no this is the clint howard episode
0: oh yeah clint howard yeah series
1: goes on, the guest stars they get start getting... They start going from, oh, I recognize that guy, to wow, they got some really recognizable people on this show that otherwise feels kind of, like, obscure and off the grid. Mm. Clint Howard is not a huge star, but he's a recognizable star, and he's a good actor. In this episode, uh, we find out that, kind of like the movie Gattaca, uh, in the future, people who want to have children go through medical screening processes to make sure that their kids are born uh, healthy Mm. and without congenital defects.
0: And and those who don't go through with it are are seen as, like, sort of being irresponsible. It's like almost like you like you're, you're not vaccinating your child it's Yeah. Like, well yeah and that I, sort of thing
1: and that's a, and listen that's a good science fiction concept to consider mm. uh, there's a couple who have a kid and they did not uh, go through the screening process before they conceived and they in order to get health insurance, basically. Uh, they have to agree that if the child is born with a serious condition, that the child could be taken away from them mm. and being, and, it, and raised as a
0: ward of the state, and that's exactly what happens. And, and indeed, we learn about this whole network of kids who have been raised as wards of the state, and they're essentially yeah. servants. Basically.
1: Uh, and their kid is then kidnapped, and they have to try to track down that kid. And it turns out the reason the kid is kidnapped is twofold. First, we find out that its genetic predisposition is towards violence. Oh, God, it's going to be some horrible Hitler baby. <laughs> or, and then this is the other thing they say sometimes it's for violence, and Clint Howard is an expert in these things and helps relocate children who are in the system on the black market, like benevolently but illegally. Because that's the thing with Total Real 2070. They live in a dystopia. Yeah. They they have somewhat normal lives. And but I actually we, kind of respond to that because I feel like we're living in a dystopia now, but it doesn't always feel like it every second.
0: The uh, the government is never seen in this series. No. Like, the, There's no oversight other than these gigantic evil corporations who are up to villainous things for no good reason.
1: Yeah, just because. They
0: just because we can and there's no oversight at all. We're the ones in charge and we can do whatever we want.
1: Yeah. Which is kind of where we're at right kind now. Kind of where we're, we're at, at right? right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but Clint Howard reveals that the kid mm. isn't just have like this violence gene, it could also be a great leadership gene. Like it's just sort of, which is so stupid, but it is also an exact same plot as from the show Man and Machine. It was an exact uh episode like that. There's a couple episodes
0: that are exactly like Man and Machine. I guess when you have a cop with a robot partner, your brain goes to a certain school and it kind of stays there.
1: Yep. Uh, The next episode is another two-parter. There is an assassination of a Martian mining so-and-so person. And Mm. the person who assassinated them has a brain implant that made him go crazy. And David Warner, the great David Warner Mm -hmm. from Time Bandits, shows up as this doctor who understands how all of this works. And it turns out he may have been... Responsible in part for designing uh, Ian Favre. yeah. But then but he's assassinated, he then, and then there's a clone, and blah, blah blah blah, and we're done.
0: Oh, right there. I even forgot that there was a clone. It's um,
1: not. You'd well, it it's would in, be a bigger deal. It's, it's, is in, that there are it's clones.
0: in the second part of this episode where, and, and yeah, there's no reason this needed to be two parts. He really could have wrapped a lot of this up. It's it's. You used the phrase Dead weight earlier And that's all this show is It feels like Dead weight with little Dead fish tied to it And they're hoping That the dead fish Keeps the dead weight aloft Mm -hmm. That's all we got With this show And uh yeah, they, they pad out the episode, they add all of these extra little twists, they add all of these extraneous characters, and the one real reason we needed to have this character was used, he worked on Ian Favre, and it was this w- was the point where it was revealed, we didn't know who really built Ian, like who designed or commissioned this android. Yeah. Or, we find okay, out eventually, so,
1: but it, yeah, we don't know for the longest he, time.
0: Here's a curious thing, he's called an alpha, like he's the alpha android. I'm so glad you're bringing this up. Why did they not... Start with alpha and work their way down. Like the right? most rudimentary android would be the alpha. That's how they would. And then as work. they improve, it would be beta, gamma, delta, Like, He et should be an
1: omega class or something. Uh, yeah, like, that like, makes more
0: sense. I was driving me nuts it's too. It's like the yeah, the low class androids are were already called like, deltas. It's like we'll
1: get to alpha
0: eventually. And then like there's that's gammas, and, and maybe yeah. there were a few betas, but there's no alpha. It's well, absurd. Alpha's the first letter. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's absolutely it's absurd. Like, it's wh- like we're going to do this. In, it's like okay, all the animals come on the
1: ark. We're going to start with the zebras. Okay, why? So, uh, such a- and the aardvarks say, damn it.
0: Now I know what it feels like. <laughs> aardvarks lived a privileged life. <laughs> <laughs> Not aware of their privilege. Next episode.
1: A- so the other sub do you know those supplementers we were talking about, the machines mm. that are in your house and they help you relive memories? People out, are dying. Turns in those out
0: things. they can set you on fire!
1: Um, and it turns out. This that is the
0: second episode with spontaneous combustion as a plot point. Whee!
1: It was a thing in the 90s. No one talks about it anymore, but I remember spontaneous combustion was a legitimate fear for yeah. a lot of people in the yeah, 90s. Yeah.
0: You know what? I've studied spontaneous combustion. I could tell you all kinds of theories Do you remember about the movie stuff. Spontaneous Combustion with Brad Dorf Didn't see it. it <laughs> I saw when
1: it came out. And I have no memory of Brad like, Dorff. I
0: just looked into like the, 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 the quote unquote real life cases, all these mis- mysteries. People still don't know how it works. So, uh, Although they've been able to quote spontaneously combust a pig in lab situations. Oh, poor pig. So they're, well, it was dead. Oh, okay. But That's they, smart. They, fig- they kind of figured out how it might have actually happened.
1: Okay. Uh, in the next episode, so in that episode, some people are dying in the sublimator, and it turns out that uh, there's a group of people who had early shitty recall implants mm. and rather than sort of own up to that and let them sue the company, they erase their memory and made sure they all had sublimators and then the sublimators sort of keep that chip in check. Yeah, uh, But it well, turns okay. out that Olivia has one of those, uh, a plot point which seems like a really big fucking deal and then they forget about it for a while.
0: Well then they bring it back in a big dramatic, dumb but way. That's but it's a dramatic big way.
1: fucking deal that one of the protagonists of the show has a memory chip implant and might not have like her same personality Mm. and then you're gonna after that we're gonna do this weird cult murder episode
0: i'm more interested in what olivia
1: is going (laughs) through right now
0: well i'm not because olivia is really boring she, Which she's is the a, writer's yeah. fault? The she's actor's a, doing a, the best she can. Uh, she, Oh, God. She has nothing. Nothing to do. And yeah. she's a nothing character married to a nothing man. Kill these people!
1: The next episode... <laughs> I'm sorry, I hate the show. <laughs> the next episode, uh, it's deals with the separation of church and state in the future. Uh, there is a separation of church and state, and it actually goes pretty far in that you can kind of do literally anything as long as you're on what we will use Highlander terms on holy ground. Uh, right. Unless, unless you're actually being charged with the crime. So... If you're in a polygamous cult, as they are in episode 13 of Total Recall... Uh, this was then, this, then that's okay as long as you never
0: leave. <laughs> th- <but> this <laughs> was the one that felt like an actual episode of Law and Order. Like, like this, this, is, this did, could be a real this, thing. Yeah, this didn't need the science fiction, and as such, was actually a little bit more interesting. Like they find the the head of this cult murdered. Mm-hmm. He has several wives, and the, we explore what their relationships are like. He has a child mm-hmm. who was raised in this cult, but doesn't want to be part of it anymore. And it turns out he's part of a conspiracy. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, the cops are just sort of learning what this cult is like and what might be permitted on, within the cult, even if it's illegal with all these other rules. This is another one where, like, the setup is fine. Like, mm-hmm. the whole
1: thing is someone gets murdered in here and they have to go investigate. And the question is how much are they allowed to interrogate these people about their religion? Mm-hmm. And that's all that's very interesting. But it's another one where I was shocked when the episode ended because it, it, ends, just, with, like, it ends with, like, oh, and then this lady did it. Oh, oh. Why'd you that,
0: do, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that for this reason? Okay. Well, uh, and what we are you doing? Do? We don't have a Dino Are you going to action? Take down the cult? Is the cult changed now? It's is, like is, literally is it, just credits. Still, do they still get to murder? I mean, what's going on here? I, oh. I have questions
1: as someone living in the tw- then in the 20th century. <laughs> like you did not resolve at all. Uh, the next episode. Uh, there, okay, so this is the Prince of Darkness slash Event Horizon episode. Oh, yeah. So this is always a fun one. I've seen endless episodes of Doctor Who's about this exact same Dr. Mm-hmm. Who's I've seen endless Dr. Who's <laughs> who's, is. Dr. who's is. Dr. Who's it's who's is he's is I want a who that will lay gold eggs for Easter
0: um, <laughs> I'm going mad
1: I digress uh, so a spaceship uh, crash lands on earth mm-hmm. and normally that would not and, be a case for the police or whatever they all but it's got called. the
0: stink of evil all over it well
1: people people here's the thing it crashed and then two people were murdered
0: yeah so they're called
1: in to investigate it. it crash
0: lands it's crass- like Siberia yeah, so crash really isolated land, I was about to say it's it's the thing they crash land at the South Pole and they're not sure yeah. what made these people go crazy like, is uh, there an alien force or even a demonic force at work here. So like they, here? they
1: go on the ship and some guy is like held in the corner going can't sleep clown elite eat me mm-hmm. can't sleep clown will eat me and then they're so like well is there anything interesting in the cargo hold? No just this ancient alien statue of evil just says <laughs> Cthulhu on it I don't know it's probably <laughs> nothing and like it doesn't literally say Cthulhu but it might as well yeah. because it starts driving everyone insane. And what's kind of interesting about this episode, it's not a great episode, but it does take it something we're very, very familiar with that sort of event horizon, Prince of Darkness, people go crazy through supernatural influence and then Aww. start killing each other kind of plot. Usually works great. What happens when a robot is involved in that? Because they're inherently logical. Aww. And they're just sort of like robots, just like, okay, everyone's going insane. Uh, I'm going to collect everyone's guns and we're going to lock them up. I think we can all agree to that, right? And David Hume is just like, I don't agree to that. I.
0: I'm really? Gonna, but, uh, you realize I, I'm stronger than you. I can take your gun if I want to. But you're not gonna. I, I, well, no, I'm not gonna because we're friends. Okay, then. I, I would rather you just hand me your gun. It's easier that way. Yeah. Um, there's
1: there's a fun bit right towards the end when actually you realize that it's starting to affect the android, and the mm-hmm. android starts, like, it's having a vision of itself as dehumanized, and it
0: looks like Warlock from New Mutants. And it's actually <laughs> kind of cool looking. Yeah, like, I actually like that design. Um, uh, the... the um, the problem is, I, I've seen that because I'm a Star Trek fan, I've seen this kind of thing a hundred times before. Who hasn't? Because whenever there was some sort of virus released on the Enterprise, well, Spock's not human, so he's immune. Mm. So you always had one clear-thinking outsider character who could fix everything. I
1: suppose. That's, on I suppose on I Next Generation, those.
0: you had an android. Mm. If, if there was an insanity virus or some sort of medical problem, you know, there was always an android there to take care of it. You're right. I they was actually all the had movie to, versions
1: in which they don't, but you're right. Yeah, there, yeah.
0: The, in fact there was one episode where they had to like uh, evil spirits had essentially taken hold of the souls of some of the crew members mm-hmm. and they had to k- take data out of commission immediately because they knew he was going to recognize them quickly <laughs> most quickly so yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah yeah I I don't like when they have to have this story and there's always an instant fallback it's like, wh- yeah. and there's always going to be a character who's going to be immune to this. The Vulcans are immune to all human viruses.
1: Anyway, moving on. Uh, the next episode is a two-parter, and I kind of like when an episode starts off as just another episode, and then you all of a sudden realize it's like an important mythology episode, but it kind of mm. came at you from a new direction. So this one starts out with, and this is another trope we've seen a lot mm. for some reason in 90s weird cop shows like The and Benetti and Man and Machine, dating service murders. Uh-huh. Someone goes into a dating service and kills everybody. So they investigate everyone at the dating service, and, and that's ter- when they realize that Olivia yes. once used that dating service under a under- different identity with a crappy haircut. And even she looks at the picture; it's like I'd never wear my hair like that. It looks stupid. You, you know me. And it, as but this ter- is where it comes down to. Oh yeah, she used to be another person,
0: which is actually something taken from the Total Recall movie. Who mm. were you before? You don't know because your memory has been erased. And it turns out, yeah, until recently, she was not Olivia.
1: She was a woman named Carol who was in love with another guy. Mm. And that sucks. And then her implant goes haywire, and they and have she, to. She might die, and and then she ends up waking up with amnesia. Mm-hmm. Thanks, to Recall twenty seventy. I mean, it's it's appropriate because then there gets a show about memory. Yeah, but what's weird about it is that after she wakes up, there's like this whole plot of her getting her memories back and shit, and well, she which, exten- inter- which
0: extends into like the, the yeah. rest of the series. Like
1: from this point on, the series still has like an episodic crime of the week, but it starts getting more serialized. But like. Yeah, she wants to get her memories back of her second life with David and not Which her is, first life with the other guy who still loves her. Well, and I'm she, like,
0: she's still currently married to David. But under false so, pretenses, though. Under false pretenses, would, but there's the, at least this legal connection. She has a legal residence. She has, you know, marriage pa- a license. It's
1: just this odd thing where, like, you think about it, like, if you, God forbid something happened to you and you got amnesia. It's uncommon, mm-hmm. but I've, I've seen it. I've known someone who had amnesia. It was weird. No kidding. Like, I, I saw him. I saw him fall. Wow. Like, off of a playground Around, like uh, it, was, it was a kid I knew in, in elementary school he fell off of a jungle gym mm. and this was back when they put jungle gyms on top of asphalt All with sand top. on it yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was like I never knew why that was okay but he fell so and he was, hit his head and he didn't remember shit and a couple of days later he came back and he remembered stuff again but like yeah he had amnesia and it was weird so that, that's an actual thing you can explore it usually in movies it's rather cheesy but here there's an mm. interesting little chestnut it's not about you just trying to remember your old life You have two lives you can remember. Mm, You can choose which which one you want. It's odd that she chose the second one that wasn't her own and was programmed for her. I think that's an odd choice, and I wish I could have been explored more. Mm. You know? Like, I personally, I would want to... If I imagined if me as a blank slate, I'd be like, well, I'd go with the first one, right? I mean,
0: <laughs> that's who I was. That's, I'd, I'd start number three. <laughs> yeah, let's start again. And my new name is... You people mean nothing to me. I am Max Power. You know, whatever you want to say. Something, uh, yeah, something I'm, I'm, cool. I'm Humphrey Lestrade now. Ooh, I like that. Diego um, Blaze. Uh,
1: so, in the next uh, episode after that, uh, there is a... <laughs> There, this is an episode I actually really like because it dealt with the issue of robot workers in a way that made sense. Uh, now that there are all these robot workers, a lot of humans are out of work. Yeah, and the humans who work at this factory resent the robots, and they decide oh, yeah. to destroy the robot. Now,
0: to end, I've, and I've to, seen another Law and Order episode like this. but yeah. instead of robots, it was you know Mexican immigrants. <laughs> yeah, that was, on Law yeah. LA. That was a Law and Order L.A. That was a similar thing.
1: But in this one. Um, Yeah, so, but what's kind of neat about it is that Ian and now David Hume, who has been working with the robot this whole time, they look at this as a murder, and everyone else looks at it as they've destroyed property, and it's not that big a deal, Hmm. but we do have to figure out who did it. And it turns out Henry Gibson, the (laughs) Illinois Nazi himself, he's not a Nazi, he played a Nazi in a movie. Uh, Henry
0: it, it, Gibson, a comedian from Laughing, in he's yeah, uh, a really terrific, long-working, super very funny guy. actor and comedian. He
1: plays uh, the leader of an organization that is fighting for uh, like human working rights to make sure that humans still get jobs, mm. even though... Uh, Really, the robots are more qualified for a lot of it.
0: Automation is taking these things over. Um, Which
1: is actually an issue that we're dealing with now. Like, you think about it, like, every time you go to, like, a major supermarket now, there are Mm -hmm. these checkout robots. That's a job that someone doesn't have now. Yeah,
0: well, and... and, You know, know, like, that's an issue. There's all of this talk in, in the political world about, you know, what... How are we going to save the coal industry? No, automation is taking those jobs away. This yeah, we isn't have to about, evolve. like Some sort of hatred of the industry. It's like, just automation. It, right?
1: Industries die out as they fall yeah. out of favor, as they become unsuccessful. I mean, you, you're, no one's really, no one was like, we have to save the Betamax industry. Like, no so, one said that. So, so like, listen, this, we have new big... sources of power. We just need to make sure people get jobs in those fields, right? Makes sense, but this is an episode about kind of holding on to the past Mm. at all costs and fostering discord and hatred and eventually crime as a result, and I actually thought it was a pretty good episode for that reason. I thought it explored the topic reasonably well.
0: And it's kind of timely, isn't it? It
1: is. (laughs) But all the best science fiction is. All the best science fiction uses, in the future, new things will happen, but human frailty is Mm. very, very much the same throughout history. Um, moving on, uh, in episode 18 Hume and Favre are kidnapped by Creighton Duke from Jason Goes to
0: Hell okay oh god okay this this uh, episode uh, he also played Mr. X in the X Files. It's
1: yeah, a good actor. Like, um, oh, God, I
0: like I didn't want to look up his name, I forgot to look up his
1: name. I always right. I can never remember his name. He's such a good actor though. He was also in Gremlins. He played like the he, he high is, school science teacher. He
0: is one of the most intense actors. Like so he, he he will look at you and you will burst into flames. Good in um,
1: everything. Uh,
0: but this is the episode where uh, it, it commits the cardinal sin that any TV series can commit. Mm and that is the Glyn sin of- Glyn Termin. that is the sin of the clip show where <laughs> you you don't have enough uh no. Oh, wait, maybe it wasn't Glenn Turman. In, in the in the in the modern it's difficult to explain what a clip show is or what purpose they might have served to somebody who has access to streaming technology.
1: I have to apologize.
0: Uh, Glenn Turman
1: was in uh Gremlins but he's not the actor we're thinking of.
0: Oh, but he he is the actor who played Mr. X in uh, in the X-Files. Uh yes. Mm-hmm. But he's great. Yeah. Uh No, I, no, Glenn Turman is a totally different
1: actor. The the, the actor who played uh Mr. X in the X Files oh. and the actor who played Creighton Duke and the actor who is in this episode is one actor. Glenn Turman mm. is a different actor. Right. And he was in Gremlins. Okay. I, the, only the Gremlins part was wrong. Okay. <laughs> I remember someone, someone else being in the, Gremlins. The actor and I who played Mr.
0: X is the actor I was referring Jason to, and he to is hell. great. Um the but, Final Friday when you didn't have a VCR or a DVR and you weren't taping every show, when you saw a TV show, Stephen Williams, Steven Williams, it it was just gone. And if you wanted to see an episode again, you had to wait until that episode was rerun. Uh, and you might have, you know, a lot of TV networks tried to sell the, well, we're in reruns right now, but it's new to you. Like you missed it. Like it's a good way to sell reruns. Um, If you were following it uh, faithfully, then you had seen all of these episodes, but you might have not necessarily seen them all. So Mm. a good way to recap a lot of the show's highlights was to essentially construct a highlight reel and air it with a really loosely constructed plot element around those clips to put them into either a new context or a different context, or just as an excuse to have a flashback to them.
1: Frequently, clip shows are also bottle episodes. They're also a good excuse to recycle a lot of footage because we're broke.
0: They're broke. They only had... uh, The worst episode of Star Trek The Next Generation was called Shades of Grey, Mm -hmm. and it was where... uh, riker was on his deathbed and in order to save his brain they had to and like reactivate memories in his brain and so they just showed clips from old episodes and those were the memories they were enacting dumb stuff like that
1: this one they have a they have a reason but it doesn't play because it's badly kind of put together Mm. but the idea is this guy uh played by stephen williams oh stephen williams from blackjack savage we're crazy
0: Oh, duh. Dumb. <laughs> dumb. Of course. My God. Uh, uh, sorry. I'm on I'm on a, a, just a few hours
1: of sleep. Yeah, you know. we're, it's been a long day. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Stephen Williams, you're a god, and so is Glenn Turman.
0: I digress. <laughs> you're both great actors. <laughs> you're, you're both great actors. <laughs> so great. Blackjack Savage. How can we forget Blackjack Savage? It's, their, it's, our, it's our thing. <laughs> we have a t-shirt about it. The
1: idea is he works for the assessors, who are like the, uh, what do you call it? Um... Uh, the the Internal Affairs Unit. They police the police. Mm. Uh, And he knows that Favre is an android, but he's been driven insane by the mystery of who is he and where did he come from. So he kidnaps them both, and he's trying to convince David Hume that the android is trying to brainwash him and make him sort of sublimated to this new android uh, revolution that's rising up. And And they use a lot of clips to show, like, remember that little moment with with Ian in a Mm. previous episode? That was more important than you thought and I'm like no it really wasn't (laughs) and and whenever it did seem important you really lampshaded it like it was pretty obvious because what he said was weird Mm. in that scene
0: like there's they they clearly weren't thinking that out ahead of time they're simply repurposing these scenes well I'm sure sure some of them
1: were but some of them feel Mm. like they were just sort of Putting it together,
0: well, the mystery of who built Ian is is not really focused on in a lot of episodes. We focus so much on David and Olivia that the fact that we don't know who built Farve is. Like for eight nine episodes in a row, it just doesn't matter. Well, yeah, that's the idea is that and we have. It, like, this shouldn't per- this be this like a, the central mystery of the show? Exactly.
1: You can't have. You can't expect audiences to get excited about a subplot if none of the characters seem excited by it. If it isn't really driving them. Mm. If they're actively interested in, like, here's a great example. You look at the show Lost. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of subplots on Lost. Some of them the characters are more involved in than others. There's a whole episode where Hurley is obsessed with these cursed numbers that he thinks are following him around everywhere. He is obsessed with them. Therefore the audience got obsessed with them. Problem is the actual makers of the show weren't obsessed with them and they didn't think that was important enough to resolve in the show proper. They just put it on a, <laughs> a web page somewhere and I'm like that's bullshit. You got us <laughs> invested. You have to deal with it. But then it's just like, oh yeah, but what are the what is the the cabin over there? I don't give a shit. You never made that important. Where are you dedicating time to this? That was never a thing. Like you have to pick and choose and whatever you pick has to be well,
0: I, exciting. It also seems like such a bizarre mystery to not just a sideline, but just to have in, to begin with. Mm. What like if. We don't know who made this guy. You'd think that would be, like, of primary concern to the police department. Yeah, you're working
1: for us, and we don't know who you are. And they say in an earlier episode, they find out he's sending signals to someone. Yeah, like he's
0: got a modem in he's his brain. basically sending...
1: spying on them. For whom? Maybe we should take him out of, like, the major cases and have him doing, like,
0: bullshit paperwork. Mm. Like, if, if he needs to be a member of the police force at all. Here? I guess you want to keep an eye on him, but for God's sake, it makes no sense. Like, that's such an intriguing mystery that you either you need to solve it right away or never bring it up All right. and you can't just have that be kind of percolating in the background
1: the next episode is an episode we already talked about where Olivia her memory still frazzled mm. sees a murder did she see it yes moving on uh, next episode a spaceship blows up uh, as it's en route to Mars and uh, one of the passengers has an valuable uh, piece of uh, research from uh, mm. an important corporation, but then uh, Olan finds out Which about. Which could be
0: it. like a virus. It's like a little vial. It's of a vial. Yeah. Is it a
1: virus? Is it whatever? Olan finds out it's actually proof that they have been, like, basically Killing babies for research and she's mm. like well I'm not going to let that happen it's, so it's, like,
0: it's yeah it's like fetal te- fetal T cells but like but, from living infants yeah, yeah so there's
1: nothing there's no justification for it all mm. it's obviously just monstrous and so she puts her career on the line in order to get it taken care of it gets it taken care of good for her
0: and, uh, and it ends with uh, like that the stuff in here is like holds the secret to making androids more human as well
1: well they're trying to other companies are trying to make androids as smart as Favre, but mm. no one knows how farve was made so they're trying different avenues and some of the avenues are criminal
0: but th- at the very end of the episode Favre takes up like a tiny piece of less liquid as if he's going to use it for something he never does it maybe it would be but, more yeah, it's, later it's but like they never this, got around this, like, to really it. it's like really portentous moment it's like it's like in it.
1: Star Trek Generation when Data gets the emotion chip and decides not to use it like you get the impression of like yeah. season two of total recall he'd be like oh I could use this and become more human maybe that's where they were going yeah. I don't know uh, the next episode I have no idea what happened in this episode, and I literally just watched it. There is a sh- there is a uh, shooting that, feels, that goes bad, and well, Hume sees had,
0: another cop here's, do it. Here is the weird thing about this show: it's so like f- like tonally flat, and they use the same plot points over and over again that you could be forgiven for mixing up two to three episodes with one another. Yeah, because they have the same tone, the same plot beats, and even the same elements. Like there is the spontaneous combustion thing. Yeah, the people whose memories have been erased using the sublimators. Yeah. Uh, the, the conspiracy of people who want to take down androids, but like different conspiracies who want to take down androids. It's like they only had so many plot points they could go with, and they kept repeating them. Yeah. So I feel like I, I was stuck in a loop after a while. I'm watching 22 hours of this stuff. This and show, I feel like, this is a I show might have that, seen this episode before. This is a show
1: that really needed, if they were going to keep, if they're going to do the show, mm-hmm. this needed to be like a 10 episode season. And you really work your ass off to make those episodes exciting. Because yeah. I think there's enough material there, but I digress. So in this episode, uh, David sees Just another like cop a shoot a guy kind of in cold blood. And it he turns investigates out he's a it.
0: prison escapee. And, and yeah. he's
1: like working for the consortium, maybe? And he goes into basically that scene from the end of The Matrix Reloaded. And the guy <laughs> in the white
0: room, I think it was Anthony Zerba, wasn't it? And no I think he's in the white room. No, it was just a guy who looks like him. Okay, uh,
1: in any case, he goes to like this white room or whatever and Martin Sheen is there. Martin <laughs> Sheen, he was like doing the West Wing at the time. He was a good get. Oh. He comes in and he's just like, "Hey, David Hume, you want to work for our conspiracy?" And David's just like Neh. And Man. then he takes off his virtual reality glasses and goes, "Well, that was bullshit." and throws them away. <laughs> so like, why do we do
0: this? <laughs> Well, that's what I love. There's an inherent absurdity to both Android uh, dramas, Android stories, and virtual reality stories. And it's that no matter how advanced an Android is, it's just a machine in the shape of a human. And, well, that's the argument you know, that, that Philip K.
1: Dick is challenging in yeah, his story. And, and, yeah. so, and,
0: you know, of course, there's the whole Turing test. If it's close enough, then that's... Who cares? That's What's good the difference? En- if, if it's good enough, it's good enough. And, yeah, uh, yeah if, if it approximates it, you're never going to be psychically linked to this being. If it can look and act like a human being, that's good enough. Yeah. But on the other hand you're you're not sure if this thing is conscious, it just looks like a, a human being. Yeah,
1: is it conscious if, or is it approximating human mm, consciousness?
0: If it wasn't talking and it was just moving around, it looked like a cube, you, you wouldn't think twice about throwing that thing out. Yeah. Um, so, so there's this kind of absurdism b- beneath that sort of thing. It's just a machine. Um, that can be challenged. Because you know we don't know the nature of consciousness, and there's some mysteries to explore there. Virtual reality, just take the glasses off. Yeah, who gives a shit? You don't. You're you do <laughs> you, you can just turn the machine off. It doesn't it's, matter what's going on like, in it's there. Not, it's
1: not like it's like. Usually, it's not actually like you know jacked into your brain with a huge tube and like removing it. And, and, an and even you're it like, is,
0: pull the tube out, and yeah. you're back to normal I saw again. The Matrix. That's yeah. how that works.
1: <laughs> anyway, this whole episode, I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Maybe, and I literally just watched it like two hours ago. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. The last episode of the season slash show. Uh, David Hume basically just says, fuck it, I'm tired of all this bullshit. Walks into work and says, I'm quitting unless you tell me the whole plot. And his boss is like, (laughs) I don't know all of it, but I'll tell you what I got.
0: And then... It turns it, out it, it really does feel like the writer's room, like all of their notes they had for future episodes, they knew they were going to get cancelled. <laughs> like, okay, here are our ideas. We, we really have to this wrap what, some stuff this, up. This is what we were going to do. <laughs> so he goes
1: into work and then he doesn't get all the answers he wants and he uses basically a recall machine in order to see the world through Ian Farves' memories and perception. The problem is Ian is an Android Mm-mm. and Ian doesn't view the world the way we do. And even looking at eight seconds of his memories completely rewires David Hume's brain. And now he sees the world more mm. like an Android does, yeah. more like, you know, more binary, looking at time a different
0: way. And that is a really That's, interesting idea. And I wish we'd had time to explore that because wish, we don't. I wish we had time to explore it. I wish it made sense. Like he sees all of his like abstract things that he can't make sense of. And, you have know, to they had more conversations as to the way androids thought and Mm -hmm. how this actually does affect him and what consciousness is. If you were, had smarter writers mm-hmm. who were asking really philosophical questions, this would have been a fantastic, fascinating episode. He sees human beings and they're like beings of light. Luminous beings, mm-hmm. are we? What does that mean? Uh, not this crude matter, to quote Yoda. <laughs> yep. But like, what does that mean? Who the fuck knows?
1: I think about it the same way I think about like when you find out, like, oh, dolphins. Dolphins have been taught to learn like 20 human words. Interesting. How much dolphin do humans speak? Mm-hmm. Zero? Maybe dolphins are smarter. And that's, <laughs> when it comes to copy the about partner shows, it's always about the robot trying to see the world more the way a human does. It's never about a human trying to see a world the way the robot does. Mm. And I actually was really excited at the start of this episode. I'm like, ooh, we're going into uncharted territory here. Yeah, it's the last can, episode. Finally, they, it's about time. They can do something really, really interesting. And instead, we're going to
0: take a submarine ride to a sunken barge. Sunken barge where? <laughs> Guess who's there? Far, no, number one from the prisoners. Who's there? Yeah, there. It's, so Ian
1: Favre... Ian Farb's creator is there, played wow. by the same actor who plays Ian Farb, whose mm-hmm. name I have already forgotten, Carl Pruner. Carl Pruner, and he's he's in like a cool. Corvac hover thing. He's got like no he's, legs, but he's floating around. He's a
0: head, a shoulder, and an art. He looks like that guy from Leprechaun Four. Thank
1: you. <laughs> yeah, he does. But uh, so he's floating around, and it turns out that he is like this extreme consciousness. And well, what he
0: what did, he, what he is, is he is the physical manifestation. The first attempt at a physical manifestation of essentially the internet, hmm. all computers on Earth linked together, just like in the Lawnmower Man, yeah. and it created an intelligence. And yeah. the intelligence decided to create offspring, and the the first offspring it created was Farv. And well, the first was the far the first version of Farv, the hmm. sort of like broken down thing. Yeah, and then it created Farv a more perfect version. I think that's fascinating. Yeah. I like that idea. I like it, too. And what they they talk about, like, actually, like, what
1: its plan was. Mm-hmm. You know, the plan was not it's going to learn what it's like to be human. Favre's purpose was actually to find out if humans, in particular, a basically android racist cop, like a guy who hates androids, mm-hmm. a subplot that got dropped too fast for this to be effective as a reveal. <laughs> but, like, if this guy could be. Taught to live in a world where android consciousness is real and can be treated as an equal. Mm. If that's can if that's possible, then the human race can live. (laughs) And if it's not, then maybe we don't need humans, and maybe we're better off. And that's a difficult thing. So he sent Farv out there partially as an olive branch, but also to develop actual human uh, an actual real sense of morality because. The the creator of Ian Farve acknowledges that morality is valuable, but as a robot and a primitive consciousness compared to Farve he doesn't have it. Mm. That's interesting. That's also interesting. That's really cool. I wish we could have explored that. And then a bunch of guys come
0: in and blow him up and then it's over. Because the the problem is we're finally presented with this and he says, I have no sense of morality and we're okay. We're bringing up morality and the Android is here and I'm here and we can actually have a conversation about this and, or maybe like we'll have to go our separate ways and we'll come back again. And I know you want to destroy me, but the conversation is still there. We're now this really great antagonistic, protagonistic relationship where we, we all have a point of this view is, and all have the legitimate moment.
1: ideas. This is the moment and, where humanity can move forward or mm, move backward. It's, this yeah. is the moment.
0: Uh, or even if that's, you know, they, they don't have a chance to f- complete that moment, you can at least roll forward in the series with this interesting idea behind everything. Yeah. No, but he's treated like a supervillain. Yeah. He's like a James Bond villain and, you know, he may as well have a cat that he's stroking. I, want, I wish I could destroy humans and he's like, looks all weird with these like monstrous mm. things sticking out of him. He looks like a monster. He does, um, he does. And he gets killed like a monster. Monster. David Hume, to his credit, at
1: that point mm. says, "Years from now, we're going to look back and say this is the moment when we could have actually worked with the robots, and you just fucked us forever."
0: I, f- I have a feeling that was the robot, the writers saying this was the moment when the show started to get interesting, and we just got canceled. Maybe. Yeah.
1: Uh, at that point, Ian Favre, you know, he threw himself in front of like a whole bunch of blaster fire, uh, and he's because they don't use guns; they use like laser guns or whatever. Mm, and yeah. he's damaged, and the episode ends, and the season slash series ends with david and olivia not sure if their marriage will continue like they are every episode <laughs> so i don't really i'm not terribly invested in it at this point i kind of want them to break up and i want them to date olan because maybe she'll make him interesting
0: um or, actually there was an episode where they'll, bre- they'll break up they'll just leave the show and it'll be about olan from that, that would be fine on. olan but, and farve is a much more interesting show yeah honestly um
1: but uh yeah and then farve is actually like he has to like Hibernate And maybe he'll be fixed And maybe he won't So he basically gives his deathbed speech to David Hume And then the episode is over And then the series is over It's not quite as frustrating as Alcatraz's as cliffhanger <laughs> But it's, it's a, quite a downer yeah. Because it was only then that Favre really got interesting
0: mm. And it took them 22 episodes to 22 get there. 22 episodes. Oh, so, so the question is, was uh, Total Recall 2070 canceled too soon? No, with a but. No. Oh. <laughs> no, with a but. I'm going to throw it out there. No, yeah. it was not canceled
1: too soon. This, this. Okay. Uh, sadly, there's the things I like about it. I think it's got good ideas. There's a couple hmm. good episodes here and there. Some of the supporting cast is really cool. But really, ultimately, this is a slog. This was on hmm. late at night on Showtime. And I think they did that on purpose so that you could fall asleep to it. I, like, I,
0: I'm guessing – so. well, here's the thing. If this sort of – if the kind of tone that they had was just in the pilot and they were kind of figuring it out and it got a little bit more lively as it went forward. That would be fine. That would have been fine. They had 22 episodes to find that and they never did. And they never did. And, you know, if you watch a show for many, many years, like five, six, eight, twelve seasons Mm – you know when they start repeating themselves. You know when they have to go back to similar types of episodes. You might like that about certain shows, where, you know, oh, it's this type of episode. Okay, these ones are fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the X-Files did that all the time. They had, sure. like, five different types of episodes. And you could kind of start seeing the rhythm as they went along, and that's always unfortunate when they start falling into that rhythm, because you know they're sort of cre- run dry creatively.
1: Yeah, they've, they've ridden themselves into a hole.
0: If you sense that happening every third episode in the first season that they've already run dry of episodes and they're already repeating something that they've done before. Yeah. You're in deep trouble. How a producer didn't see this and pull the plug after six episodes. Okay. You guys, you're already repeating yourselves. You clearly have no good ideas. The leads are the most boring characters ever committed to television. The actors are bad. The special effects are worse. Uh, Many
1: of the actors are bad.
0: The lead actors are bad. Um, (laughs) <laughs> I, I, Maybe they're fine. They're I think not Carl good here. Pruner could have done more with better material. Maybe, so. Maybe so.
1: But yeah, I think I think pulling the show entirely prevented the ratings weren't terrible a mistake. But this feels like when we reviewed uh, The Muppets, mm-hmm. where The Muppets, the more recent sort of The Office version of The Muppets, the first few episodes were... Okay, but they didn't Mm. feel right. But then they realized the show was wrong and it wasn't working, and they changed the writing staff. They Mm. changed the basic premise of the show. And it got good. Yeah, (laughs) it happened organically and it happened slowly enough that sadly they had already lost too much of their audience, but it became a really good Muppet show. Yeah. Um, This is something where, like, okay, listen, before, like, we're on episode six and we haven't found it yet. We need to mix things up a lot. We really need to dramatically change the tone. We should try to do like a funny episode or something, show people that we're not completely stodgy and boring. We need to mix <laughs> this up. So my no with the butt was this. It was not canceled too soon. This show does not work. However, I stand by the idea for the show is rock solid. And a lot of the episode ideas for the shows would still be good today if you made it today. Mm-hmm. So this is a no. This was not canceled too soon, but I want to see this done now. And if you, if some, okay, if well, someone, if someone pitched this show right now, uh-huh. some reasonably talented TV producer who's done some successful stuff before. And said, hey, I got this idea where I want to do a show where all of Philip K. Dick's sci-fi stories exist in the same dystopia, and we explore it through we, the world of the police.
0: It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Electric Dreams. You can watch that. But that's, but that's an <laughs> anthology
1: series. Yeah. I'm talking about a narrative series. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, let's create, like, it's a buzzword. It's not, it's not entirely apt, but mm. for the sake of getting the point across, a shared universe of Philip K. Dick stories in which all mm. the technologies he created coexist, and they kind of interact with each other in entertaining ways. And we talk Mm. about people who live in a dystopia with fantastical and often oppressive technology and the way that that affects Mm. society. I'm interested. I would like to see that. Put that together. I lo- show me the pilot. That sounds okay. cool. That's what my point. Is. I love the idea. The show didn't I, work.
0: I want to see that show.
1: Exactly. I, I, I don't it, want to see this show. It's still the idea. <laughs> but it's still the idea for Total Recall 2070. I see how this got made. Okay. How it got made is this well, was a good idea. What, they implemented it really badly. If, and I think it's worth pointing that
0: out. I, I think the idea you want, the show you want, is so far removed from Total Recall 2070 that it would be its own entity anyway. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a Cop with a Robot Partner show at that point. It well, could be anything. Why not a Cop
1: with a Robot Partner? Right, I right, love right. cop with robot partner show. We're
0: doing a whole month. <laughs> well, yeah. I like it too. I, right, okay. I like I like the show we're going to do next week because I have everything I want to say about this dismal, boring, horrific experience that I had. Yeah. this might be the toughest one uh, that I, that we've watched. Oh and, no! And, 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 no, like, no, no, Charlie Jade. Charlie Jade was tough. This was about as hard as Charlie Jade, and there's less of it. <laughs> That's right.
1: Charlie Jade was like thirty. episodes. Charlie
0: Jade was like thirty episodes. That was, nuts. That was hard to get through just because of the was. sheer volume and content. You know, it's another and, one and where over of content, where,
1: where they didn't have the budget to make it look cool. The tone was too dry. There were mm-hmm. interesting ideas. Again, I think you look at the ideas for a lot of things in Charlie yeah, Jade, which, it, which, just, right. if you'll recall, was a show about like a detective who wound up in an alternate reality, and it's how mm-hmm. about all these realities are kind of crashing together. That's a cool idea for a show. It's ambitious didn't, didn't work. Mm -hmm. This is another cool idea for a sci-fi show. Didn't work. It's a shame because <laughs> there's things I like about this, but yeah, it, it's mm. it's it didn't bother me because I was more invested in some of the individual episodes. Maybe so. and there was, and there was one really good member of the cast.
0: The the, the there was one good cast member. Yeah, every time we oh, keep on saying you like, talk it about up. the interesting ideas, but if you bring up an interesting idea only to repeatedly whiz it down your leg, <laughs> I'm just gonna get all the more frustrated. I'm not gonna praise you for having an interesting idea if all you can do is is screw it up.
1: Well, hopefully the last uh, show we cover in Cops with Robot Partners Month will be more exciting because the last episode oh. um. we're, the last show we're going to be covering in the mu- in uh, the month of March is the most recent failed cops with robot partner shows. It's one of the shows we get the most requests for almost human. Hooray! Yay! Starring the great Carl uh, Urban and the great Michael Ealy. I love both those oh, yeah,
0: guys. Oh, yeah, Michael, Carl uh, Urban as crotchety old white guy, Michael Ealy as the most attractive man on the planet. Oh, sorry, he just is the most attractive he's man on so the planet. He's so
1: great every time he's in anything. He's one of those actors who's so fucking good in everything mm-hmm. and for whatever reason he can't quite break out. Like, I, yeah, well, where is his
0: superhero movie or did, something? Did Did you him a see chance. the perfect guy that that's a stink burger. But that's
1: not a breakout role. That's not like a big budget action movie where he had a chance to be seen by everyone on the planet. That mm-hmm. was a little thriller yeah. but you look at a movie like we'll talk about this next week but like you look at like this great uh, rom-com he did called about last night a remake he, of about last night yeah and.
0: but you know it, it, he's
1: really good in it like he's really fun in that he movie is, so think uh, yeah,
0: he, he, play, he plays the android um i i've this was actually i don't watch a lot of new tv mm-hmm. I, I watch a lot of old tv and this was one of the few instances in maybe the last 15 years where i thought i'm gonna give a new tv a shot I'm going to watch this new show. It's on Fox. It's about a cop with a robot partner. I'm down. I'm going to watch Almost Human. And I dug it. I thought it was pretty good. And, Spoilers! And, I, kill, and <laughs> we, I killed it with my love. So <laughs> Well, I haven't seen it yet, yeah, so, so for all I gonna know, I'm going to hate it. So, uh, uh, yeah, but maybe we so. Will,
1: we will cover that, and I swear to God, we'll get that episode in before the end of March. Yeah. This was just, it was a rough week, and I literally only just finished this, so that's really, why the episode's running late. Really and it's running really so there. late that Whitney has to go to work. Yeah.
0: Uh, so we will... We will uh, can, uh, can we read one letter? We'll read one, one letter, letter or, really quick. Uh, uh,
1: if you want to email us, it's cancelled mm. too soon, 1L at Gmail. Dot com. You can also check us out at Patreon.com slash Cancel Too Soon. You can contribute to the show and get a whole bunch of great perks like voting for one episode a month. Uh, we're going to have... Um we have a bonus uh, episode every month, the Cancel Tuesday Monthly Movie. And this month, it is
0: about a family with a robot grandmother. <laughs> we uh, we all also, if you subscribe at our $20 Patreon level, you get a free piece of swag. Oh, and, we, uh, I, and got, I just I, put up a new t shirt. Uh, oh, all, yeah. all of our bands from the Freaky Links episode mm-hmm. uh, are now available on a t shirt. All 112 band
1: names. So if you haven't collected your free t shirt yet, we, we check in every few months on that. But if you haven't collected it yet and you want to, send us a message on the Patreon account. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's. Let's read this letter. Uh, this Which one comes from John. Uh, good evening to good sirs. Longtime listener, first time writer. This is why I wanted to read uh, a, a letter. Great. Got a first time writer. Uh, you mentioned that you weren't sure whether Constantine counted as a show that fits your criteria or not. It's something we're constantly going back and forth on. Constantine, um, Constan- Constant, Constantinately. Oh, geez. Now I'm depressed. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't sure if you two were aware of this, but there is going to be a possible continuation of Constantine, but in animated form Mm. on CW's digital exclusive streaming app. The new show, which is premiering uh, on March 24th. That's today. That is today. Uh, On the CW. uh, CW Seed is what it's called. Mm. We'll star Matt Ryan returning as John Constantine. While it is mentioned that it's set in the Arrowverse, it's unclear whether this new animated series will connect back to Constantine's previous live-action outing. Anyway, I wasn't sure if you two had known this and wanted to bring it to your attention. I didn't know this.
1: Uh, I, I, don't, gonna,
0: I don't pay attention to what's on a lot of apps. So I have information go. to add here, but I'll let you finish the letter. All right. Um, I should also mention that CW Seed has quite a few one-season wonders, and for the best part, it's free. Uh, keep up with the good work, gents. Your chemistry and analysis of these shows make car rides and workouts at the gym much more entertaining. Thanks for all the hard work, fellas. Best, John.
1: Thank you, John. Uh, um, So Constantine is one of the shows we get the most requests for. It is also the show that has been most constantly threatening to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and, we're, we're waiting on it. Well, no, because here's here's what it turns out. Okay. Constantine is back. Constantine A not only has an animated series but Constantine is going to be a regular cast member on Legends of Tomorrow. The mm. version of Constantine from the show which means that sadly Constantine is no longer eligible for canceled too soon. Mm. However, and I want to I haven't I meant I've been meaning to pitch this idea to you. Uh-huh. I think at some point in the future, maybe next year, I think we should do a theme month of Kinda. Kinda counts. Because
0: there's a lot of
1: shows where... Well, we already like we did
0: have, Galactica 1980 and and Battlestar, which are yeah. kind of two seasons we of the did, same show. We did
1: Police Squad because someone sent it to us, even though it had movie uh, spinoffs. And someone mm-hmm. did send us Constantine, so we want to do that, too. I think, But I think Constantine is indicative of a few series where people want us to cover it, but if you really want to get technical, they did continue in some form or another. Yeah. So... With that being said, I propose sometime in the next year, and we're coming up on the second anniversary of canceled too soon at mm-hmm. the end of April, sometime in the next year we do a Just theme a, month of no. canceled kinda.
0: canceled soon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, I think that's uh, I think something we should do. We can cover Jericho in that yeah. time as well. There's oh, a couple and, uh, of uh, shows that fit that
0: model. Uh, John asks one more question. Sure. Uh, with Kristen Ritter's recent comments about there being no plans to do another Defenders team-up TV series, does this mean that they, that only counts as one season? Or no, because there's no official word and it's technically a miniseries. Just wanted the clarification. Thank you. Uh, the, mar- that's uh, the Marvel stuff is all kind of of a piece. Yeah. I think if we're going to do anything, it would be in humans just because that's such a weird animal. I'm still not sure if that's officially canceled. I'm sure mm. it's probably canceled, but I don't know
1: if it's official yeah. yet. Uh, that's another one, though, where if we did that, it would be because, kind of. Yeah. So uh, we're going to reserve the right to do that once in a while, mm. but we're still not going to do Firefly. <laughs> <laughs> nope, we'll never. Do, I think What do we say in Firefly if we get 250 if, Patreon subscribers?
0: No, if we get 250 Patreon subscribers, yeah. 250, you convince your friends, even if it's at the $1 level. Sure. If we get 250 Just subscribers, of subscribers, period. Um, we will do Firefly. Not only will we do Firefly... But we will do one special episode per episode of Firefly. Including the movie. Including Serenity, the feature film. Yep. Um, that's been, that, that was the only thing people ever said. Initially. W- when we said we're going to do this podcast. We're going to do a podcast devoted to a short-lived TV series. Great. When are you going to do Firefly? We're not doing Firefly. <laughs> we're not doing Firefly. And we had to start putting our foot down. Uh, we're going to do this great series about shows that were canceled too soon that are not Firefly. Like, that would to be our... But all. A what we have to say about Firefly has been said. B it had a movie. So yeah. But if we got 250 subscribers. We'll do it. We we'll promise. Do it.
1: Um, so, anyway, so that's it for Cancel Too Soon. Uh, n- uh, later this week, not so much next week, but later this week, <laughs> we'll be back with a review of Almost Human. And then we have another cool uh, uh, theme month coming uh, in April. And it's not just a theme month for our episodes of the show, it's also for our Patreon account because we're going to do some really, really fun. And you get mm-hmm. to actually kind of choose the exclusive content we're going to mm-hmm. provide for you in a
0: really fantastic way.
1: Yeah, it's going to be real, real fun. So, we'll make official announcements about all of that uh, on the next. Episode of the show. Again, patreon.com slash canceled too soon. We're on Twitter at cancelcast. I'm at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. And uh, that's a wrap, folks. We will see you next season.